1: On today's show, the guys talk about value in education. What is your district doing to provide value to students? Do students have a voice in that? What about teachers? Are they finding value in your district? We have this and an East Initiative update next on the EduTech Guys. EduTech Guys Radio. Radio. Radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program are those participants are not intended to
0: and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency.
1: You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> Shifting from third to first without putting the clutch in?
0: Oh, I do. Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, today I had a faculty member come by and we were talking about, they were talking about comparing data and, Finding the holy grail of what's wrong with this school district or that school district or this grade level or that grade level. And I told them it was one word. And so then they start, you know. (laughs) You're you're like, you're like cookie. Yeah. City slickers. That's right. The one thing. The one thing. And And they start throwing out words like, you know. Uh, love and you know, innovation, and you know what? I- what is it? You know, and, I, and I, that made me think of all the Twitter crap that everybody spews out. You know, do work as hard as you can, and the your workers will work hard with you. <laughs> you know, yes. if you cut off a finger, they'll cut off a finger. Well, yeah. What the <laughs> what the hell is that about? <laughs> but you know, there's the truth, and and <laughs> it, it, I guess it's the one thing that people talk about value all the time. But value is the key. And I'm, there's probably – they like to come up with other words for it. Maybe value is too much of a generic word. I guess you can't use the word value in education because it's too generic because, come on, the grocery store uses value. So, you know, Walmart uses value, and then well, uh, George Clooney's aunt sings about it because extra value
1: is what you get when you buy <laughs> Coronet. So <laughs> Rosemary sings about it. So, okay, so so the issue then is – I mean, I, I would I would agree. I would say value is the word. Except the problem is value is very subjective. But, I mean, the value of Coronet to you, just using <laughs> your, your song example, you know, I mean, the value of Coronet to you is different than the value of Coronet to me, or anything. The, the value of... Working where I work is different than the value that someone else gets working where I work or where you work. Or, right. So, so, so maybe that's why people don't use it. But here's the funny thing about it: at least, okay, just my thinking off the top of my head here. I, I think it's actually a, the the most perfect, beautiful word. It I really is, do
0: because it's, it's it, a basic word. Because
1: if if you have students, and, and we're talking students. Or heck, for that matter, faculty or the freaking, I don't care, custodial staff, superintendent, it doesn't matter, anybody working at a school district. If they don't, if they don't, A, see the value in being there, working there, what have you, then they're not going to have an interest in staying there or give a crap what's going on. Or B, if it's not them seeing the value, but instead, if they're not feeling valued, then the same thing. Uh, you know, if I don't get a, if I don't get value of working where I work, then why am I working here? Right. By the same token, if I am working and and I get value out of working, and maybe my value is my paycheck. Okay, not high on the priority list necessarily, or maybe it is high on the priority you list. Depending who you are, right? And depending on what motivates you, what your values are. So maybe you're like, okay. So I I value my paycheck and, and maybe I value my coworkers but if where I work doesn't value me then at some point I wake up and go they don't give a crap if well like the meme going around if I died they replace me in a week without thinking twice about it sure are they going to put up a plaque on the wall or are they going to say oh my gosh David was no but let's get
0: to the basics of value. And there's, the Or they point. might. I don't, I don't know. I guess it depends. But, but if, if that's your sole reason for coming to work, then yes, that's what you base it on. I mean, if that, the value, I mean, someone would say, well, there's multiple values. I can, I can get that. Sure. But let's take a look at what normally happens. I mean, you know, a teenage boy joins the drama club to act in Shakespeare's Othello because the cute girl's in there. Okay. That's where he finds value. Okay, sure. That's his value. Now, down the road, he might come to love Shakespeare and love acting, and his values change because they can. But, you know, it's just like working at a job. But, but there's the key that I think is where we are in education, is that things move so fast. The value for me in 1972, 77, being in the second grade, was things that I got at school I couldn't get at home. Yeah. Not that my parents couldn't provide them. It's just okay. that you know, I had the camaraderie of students. They had this big slide, big ass slide on the playground. You know, I mean, we well, it, seemed, it seemed that way at the time. At the time, it did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now it, you're like, yeah, it's three steps. It, had, man. it <laughs> had a jungle gym that was the shape of the moonlander. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. There, were, there was value there to me. Did my values change? Well, sure, they did. I mean, you know, you begin to like your teacher, you begin to enjoy reading Danny and the dinosaur for the 7,000th time in circle reading or whatever it is. Your values change, but I could constantly, consistently find value. And when I got to high school, did I find value in trig? No, I didn't. Did right. I find value in American government? No, I didn't. I did it because I was there for band, and I was there for music, and I was there for chemistry. Or mm-hmm. you know, the, My values changed. And what I'm getting at is I don't believe... In the current society, I was not bombarded with other things that we that students are bombarded with in the last 20, uh, two two decades, twenty years. Sure, let's just say that, because it's changed. I mean, you and I know we didn't have video games. The first video game I ever saw was Sears Pong. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it was expensive, and all I did was play Pong. Right. You either played against right. somebody or against the wall. That's all you played. <laughs> exactly and was right. It. And you played Breakout, and that was it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we, we're not overwhelmed with, you know, right now I can pull up, any child can pull up any device and they've got 70,000 to 100,000 or more games at their fingertips for
1: free. Well, and not just games. Look at all the other content oh. they can consume. And, I mean, SpongeBob and, 24-7. Well, I, you know, even and, and even in, even if we get away from the entertainment part of that and, and strictly talk education or edutainment, because a lot of it, the line is so blurry, um, you know, if I want to learn something, and heck, I even do this as an adult. If I want to learn something, where's probably the first place I'm looking? Google. I'm going to Google, and <laughs> where's that going to take me? YouTube. YouTube. Right. In fact, I probably won't even go to Google. I'm just going to go to YouTube first and look to see. Oh, how do I change out the carburetor of a 2005 Pontiac Grand Prix? Could I take it to the mechanic down the road? Well, I could, but if I can, if I if I Google that, look it up on YouTube, and guess what? Oh. All right, here's a video on how to do that, okay. And maybe that's not the whole thing. Maybe I have to go find some other forums or whatever. But guess what? I just learned to do. I learned how to change out that part in my in the in the car, and I just saved all that money doing that. But the value was multiple. Right. One, I learned something, I learned how to do something. Two, I saved a buttload of money, potentially. Now, could I have screwed it up and cost me a whole lot more? Yeah, could have. But but, you know,
0: but the funny part is, if you'd have screwed it up, you'd have gone back and googled it again to figure out how to fix your screw. Well, up. probably so. And see, so there's what's really interesting, and, and that's the discussion we got in. And I, you know, post-secondary school at this point, uh, we had this discussion not long ago. What makes you a doctor? Will you just learn another stuff that I don't know? Yeah, are you better at learning at it? Sure, but that's anywhere. I mean, there's going to yeah. be somebody that's better at learning, you know, fixing an engine than I am. But I'm better at learning this than them. Everybody can't be a doctor, right? But, you know, that's what's interesting about where we are, is, and I believe that's where public schools are lying, is that you've got to figure out for your kids – in your community and your moment in time, what provides value to them? Where do they seek value? And and that brings us back to um, the engagement index that we just talked about on one of the pre- the previous right. shows. They're engaging that. Did mm-hmm. you find this informative? Did you find value in this? Did mm-hmm. you, did this engage you, or did you just sit through it and smile and you know yeah that's the end of it? But I, I mean I, I truly believe that that's where we're sitting as as a country as a, as a race. Um, of humans, right? You know, I mean, we are sitting at a point of well, what what provides value because it's all different now. I mean, if I, I, I think that's really interesting, and, and I, I guess what I'm getting tired of is I'm getting tired of everybody on Twitter shooting around everything else. You know, coming up with other things when they all really come back to value. When you say, well, you know, getting to hugging and caring about your kids. Well, here's the thing. That's true. In your classroom, there's a percentage of kids that find value in you caring them about them and hugging and and but there's a whole percentage. I mean, could be a large, could be a small kids that
1: don't want you touching them and
0: don't want you. They don't care what you think about them.
1: Right. Right. And see, and that's and that's and I think that's part of where um, I think it's part of where people fall down and fall short is is in that. In, in in the quest for value, everybody's looking for the so-called silver bullet that's going to show me the value show me the value yeah. you know I mean really and 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 I think you hit the nail on the head here's the thing I don't think and and I you can disagree if, if you don't agree with what I'm about to say here but you know I don't think and I don't think you think there is one silver bullet with the word value stamped into the casing that we can just start firing, you know, at, at education. No. I, I just – because as we started this whole conversation, as it goes back to value is – well, value, first of all, is very personal. And the way I interpret the value of something is going to be different than the, the way you interpret the value of something. And I, I think – you know, you had a great example – you know, there's a whole lot of folks that are like, you got to reach out and touch the kids, and you got to hug them, and you got to do this, and you got to do that, and, and yeah, you know that works for however many students. Right. I was one of those students where, if all of a sudden the teacher was coming up and starting hugging, I, I can tell you right now, I'd be like, yo, yo, blow the whistle, I got a, you know, stranger danger. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, yo, what's up with you? You know, I, I, that is not the way I connected. Right. And. Frankly, in school, that was not the value I sought. Now, I don't know, what is it the way I was brought up? I don't know if, if it was just something in my makeup, whatever it was. But for me, the value of school was the means to whatever other ends I had going on. I, you know, I'm, I'll be honest, a lot of times, what I the, the value I got out of school was the fact that there was this eight hour period, or however long we were in school, where I had to get through that in order to get out of that in order to go play. I mean really, you know, to go hang out with my friends, to go do this, to go do that I, I didn't have to i mean you know that was that was the that was how I saw my education on many days, yeah, you know that was the the value I got. Did I learn? I don't know, whatever, sonnets and spelling and whatever. Yeah, I'm sure I learned some of that along the way, but I didn't care. Now, by the same token, I had certain teachers that, I mean, I loved being in their class Every single day because whatever it was, and do I remember what that stuff was? No, I, I really don't. I, I couldn't tell you right now what the value I got out of it, but obviously I got some value. It could have been entertainment. It could have been entertainment. It could have just been you know, that that I, I clicked with that particular person, whatever it was. But I remember that particular educator and probably will never forget those particular educators because whatever the value was that I got at the time, it clicked. Right. And and I think you're right. I think I think schools. I think schools are looking too hard for, like you said at the very beginning, you know uh, that that one thing. If I can find the one thing that'll cure this district, no. There, right. it, first of all, it's not going to be one thing. Well, yes, it is the value.
0: Well, I'm dealing with an educator right now from a school district in another state, and their answer to something they want to provide is the school district says or their boss says that we can't get it into the schedule. Now, here's what's interesting what we've done in education when we talk about value. Educators have told the students and told the community what value, education is the biggest value, but you know, we've tied those two words together, the word education and value. As if it's one big giant, you know, conglomerate of pill that I take, and every right. morning I, I took my education this morning, so I'm all up on that and A plus, you know. Right. I got my C vitamin, my education. But there's what's interesting, is that we continually do that. We continually schedule courses that we think will do them better without asking them what they need. Yeah. That means I might as well go to a doctor who goes, listen, I have no clue what's wrong with you. Don't want to hear you talk about it. I'm just going to put you on chemo and shoot you through these shots, and we're going to Run these tests on you and give you all these drugs, okay? And it's going to cover the whole gamut, because that way you're getting the best value for your medical, you know,
1: right services yeah. here I mean, yeah,
0: at exactly. Hospital 105. You right. know, right? I think that that's the key that we're not looking at. Is that you just got to ask them what they want. We're talking about a group of kids now who r- realize that school's going to cost them. Sec post secondary school is going to cost them more money than they can ever make in a lifetime you know why would you go to a school that's going to cost you a quarter of a million dollars or more to take a job that's going to pay you forty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. and they hear that and they can't I, and a lot of them can't see value in it especially when they already live in an area where they don't see that kind of money anyway right when they when they can't even comprehend that you know i'm just struggling to make a buck 25 to come to school and eat the lunch right you know just to do these things yeah. so how in the world would i even get this money to go to school and then on top of that get out of school and immediately start in debt right they're not stupid they have the world in their palms and they're reading this information mm-hmm. and to me that's we've just got to help them figure out what is of value to them and so they can tell us what's of value to them because i mean if we're in a we're in a country now where we're going to listen to the young people tell us about uh, the Bill of Rights and what's good for the country and what's good for people and we, we take their we, we value their opinion to the point where they're marching on our main cities and they're marching and they're telling our, our government then how in the world how dare us not let them do the same for their own education yeah and the interesting thing is is that a school has a tragedy and five kids get together at a home and start a nationwide movement Worldwide movement. Right. Five kids. There were more than five kids at that school. Right, right. So those five kids, how, what did it not encompass more? How did, they were getting value from their school that made them who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, what they were getting from school was to prepare them for what they were going to do. And so we have to ask, we have to look at these numbers. I'm not, I'm not. Cost, trying to cause trouble. I'm just saying we, we need to look at it and say, okay, why does this percentage do well? Right. And it's not always the wealthy, and it's not always a color. Right. It's it, we we need to say, why, why do these kids get it? You know, what in their lives get it? Well, a single, it's a single. child from a single parent family, raising smaller children because their parents working, and they know that if they do these things. In today's news, the YouTube shooting. Right. It, that person found value in what they were doing. Yeah. And definitely to the point where it was making them a living. Right. Until
1: YouTube changed the game plan on them. And then it pushed them to the point of violence. Right. Well, and and I, I would say that, and I don't know if this is parallel to that or if this is, I don't know how they're interconnected. I'm not a psychology person. Right, But But, you know I would say that the changes that affected that person's life put them in an emotional place where you know they were in such despair over over whatever their loss was, whatever happened to their their livelihood that 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 then they stepped out and took that action of you know, <coughs> <laughs> shooting folks and then ultimately taking her own life uh, it's to me you know some of this to me is akin to what people most likely saw i mean i would know i wasn't around you know back in the great depression yeah. when when everything they had worked for and everything they had built up now suddenly the carpet is pulled out from under them under no you know they had no control of it at all mm. I'm going along, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and all of a sudden the rules change and now I'm not making what I was making and it's not like it's not like I'm not making you know I'm not making what I'm making and and it's only off by and I'm going to say only in quotes, air quotes here, but you know it's only off by 10%. No, this is not a 10% reduction no. for a lot of folks. And, and I know we're kind of birdwalking on this, yeah. but it all ties back to the value. But for a lot of folks, and, and I will tell you straight up, I'm one of those folks that, it, that the changes at YouTube – Has affected the income I used to get uh, get from YouTube by ninety percent. So now you're talking about someone, and and I know a lot of times people are like, oh, well they were making a million dollars, and you know now they're making a hundred thousand or whatever. You know, no, it's and yes, some of those yes, but you know it's it's folks that who were they were making a living. That is, they were probably making thirty or forty thousand off of YouTube, and now they're making three. Right or five. Right. Think about that. If 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 you're in a job and you're making sixty-five thousand dollars a year doing what you do, and all of a sudden things change that are out of your control, and they say you can still provide for us, you can still work for us, um, but your pay is going to be sixty-five hundred dollars a year instead of sixty-five thousand. Right. Well, no, you can't live on that.
0: Well, even I mean, at that even at that, take take five hundred dollars from someone a month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a car payment. That's that's medical bills. That's uh, that's a that's, that's a, a lot of groceries. Payment, on where that's a lot live. of groceries. Yeah, yes. that's you know, and, you know, and people don't realize that this is a major influence than mm-hmm. what we're dealing with. But you know, so we'll wrap this up because you know we don't want to go too long. But it's all about value, and, and I know we harp on that a lot, and we talk about that. But let's tie it into student voice now. I want to give cheers to all the schools that are that are embracing student voice and that are fixing that. But when I see a picture um, or I see a post and you've got a small group or you've got 30 or 40 kids representing an entire school, student body, that's not truly engagement. That's not truly student voice. Um, as we know, because of the mental health issues and the way students are and the way children grow up, mm-hmm. that they don't even... Confide in their own friends, right? And that's evident in the things that have happened in recent history. Sure. Um, so there's the kicker, and and a lot a lot like the Wellington Index, the engagement index. Does it fix everything? No, it doesn't. They know it doesn't. They they'll continually, and they are continually striving to make it better and more in depth. But it does give every student a voice. It gives every student the ability to be a dot on that x, y axis, right. To help them better figure out, you know, okay, these are clumping here because there's the thing the kids that volunteer are the kids that teachers uh, nominate to be on a committee for student voice or a committee for change those are the ones that are floating to the top already those are the right. kids that are the outstanding kids you know very rarely does a teacher go well I'm going to pick Jeff cuz he's he's you know he's in trouble he's absent 3 days a week and this might be the perfect voice we need it's not going to happen right. or not not and it, if you know there's a there's a teacher out there that's going well. I would do that. Well, I'm sure you would. And and but overall, that's not what's happening. Right. You know, that's right. not the kids that are making the choice. And there has to be a fine line somewhere in there. There has to be a fix. Where if you're going to talk about student voice, you're going to talk about hearing every child. You know, we're talking about voting all the time in this country. We're talking about marching. That every every person that comes out and protests is one more voice to be heard. But it's really funny. Um, We don't actually do that in practice. When it comes down to practice, that's the last thing we do. Well, we don't have time. We don't have this. We don't have that. Um, You know, the least common denominator is usually the thing that fails the first. Sure. You know, it's, sure. that, it's that $0.15 cent part on your car. Right. I, I can tell you, on on my Jeep in the wintertime, I had to put it in four-wheel drive, and a $7 piece of plastic broke, and, and it was locked in three low until I could literally climb under there with a $3 little tiny piece of plastic and pop it back onto a little thing and hook thing, and it was, it was fixed like that. Yeah. But that thing crippled the entire machine. hmm And— the, That's what we're talking about. It's is asking the students what they find of value, and
1: I just well, and I and I just kind of the the extension of that. You know, we talk about student voice uh, a lot, and that's that's kind of our platform, (coughs) Um, uh, that's our soapbox. But by extension, it's also you know, school districts have also got to look at. Teacher voice. Oh, teacher values. Are and You're right. and you know what are the values that the, that the school is providing to the teachers, so that they want to be there. You know, look at all the walkouts that have had taken place recently. Right now. <laughs> in, yeah, as a matter of fact, <laughs> as Oklahoma's we're recording this. over in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, you know, and and that's it. It's it's the value of what 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 the government slash the the school district the the whoever whomever. Providing the value to those folks, and and by the same token, as we talk about student voice, and and so it may not be the right word.
0: No, I think it is. But if, if but, I don't but, value but I what think,
1: I'm teaching, if I don't
0: value what I'm teaching, right? If I don't find value in what I'm being told to teach to the test, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, really. Right. If I don't find value in it, they're going to pick up on it. Sure. And and it's going to come across in my teaching that that I don't find value in this, but I've got to show you how to do that. Exactly.
1: And that's what I was going to say. You know, by the air quote experts out there, value may not be the right word, but as far as we're concerned, value is the exact word to describe what the students need to feel and experience if you want to change what's happening in your school district.
0: we know, and it's funny, I I know we we keep thinking we're going to wrap up, but we (laughs) don't. You know, what's interesting about that is that we do conferences. We do conference coverage. And I can't stress enough, but you know, it's funny, we see the same people, not that it's a bad thing, but we see the same people at conference after conference. And those are the teachers that we see. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another issue is that you can't make, you can't expound on your values. You can't, change your judgment. You can't grow if you're not, you know, actually part of the process or being or living the experience of having new experiences. Right. So that you know what's out there. Yeah. And and I can't stress enough all these great conferences from ISTI to FETSI, oh, sorry, the the Florida, uh, sorry, the Future of Education Technology Conference, <laughs> can't call it FETS anymore, <laughs> ISTE, the International Standards of Technology Conference, yeah. the local conference, Hot Springs Technology Institute, sure. uh, uh, TAC, all of the ones that are out there. If you can't go to that at least once every two years, yeah, then you're, you know, when a person comes back to share, that doesn't always go as well. That person comes back to work and gets to work on their things. Everyone mm. doesn't share like everyone else. And, and I think that that's another part of value is that a teacher feel valued? You know, if you if you started going to your faculty and going, okay, when's the last time you went to a conference? Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Some of our teachers haven't been to a conference in a decade. Or ever. Ever. You know, but when well, we send a lot of people to conference, well, oh, we're sending the same people to conference. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not their fault. Cause right. you know, once you have steak, it's like, well, I'm going to try to have steak every time I can have steak, <laughs> yeah, you know, or chicken or whatever, or whatever favorite, yeah, whatever your favorite whatever meal your is, you know, protein is, you know, <laughs> yeah. you have that protein, you know, <laughs> I'm having an icy every day. Forget diabetes, I'm going to have that icy. <laughs> but you know, that's the you can't blame those teachers for going to conferences because no, no, they no, no. they're the ones benefiting from it. They realize, okay, this is keeping me fresh. This is keeping right. me happening, and they find value in their job and they feel valued. Mm-hmm. And 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 maybe that's it. And I think that's where these students are. Are they get their their ability to understand the, the idea of protesting and having a voice is that they want to feel valued sure. and, and, and I can't take that away from them I, I can say wow these kids were you know everybody's so they're eating tide pods last week okay whatever. You know, sure they were. You know, you were. You ran up forty thousand dollars in credit card bills at the age of fifty-two. Get over it. You right. know, yeah. everybody makes mistakes. Some of them are just bigger and stupider, and that just happens. But the kicker is, is that when you feel valued then that's a big deal. And we always think we forget that they're the kids that come to school. They're the ones that, when the Oklahoma governor decides to sign a $2 billion improvement to give whatever money they can give to to teachers and, and people working in the education industry, that your numbers are up, that your kids, the, the the people you're serving, you know. Right. Your McDonald's sign says nine million served, you know, whatever nine billion served or whatever it is. That's a big deal. And they're only gonna stay that way if, if they feel valued in that whole
1: system. Exactly.
0: But anyway, I thought that was a yeah, interesting deal. But I tell you what, uh, if you want to let David and I know how you feel about the way we feel, um, <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash edutechguys, or you can just go out to your good old email, and you can write either one of us, jeff at edutechguys.com or david at edutechguys.com, or visit us on the web, www.edutechguys.com. Drop down to the bottom of the page, and you can just fill out a nice form there and tell us to take our value and shove it. So... Uh, <laughs> Quoting an old, old country song there. Sort of. Sort of. Rewriting that song. Yeah. You tell, or you can write Kiss Our Grits. Either one. Yes. Kiss My Grits. <laughs> There's an old one. I don't know how many people are going to remember that one. I don't know. Was that, was that Alice? Alice. Yeah. It was Flow. Flow Flo on Alice. Kiss My Grits. That's right. Mel Diner. <laughs> That's right. Hey, listen, uh, we just got back just a few weeks back from the East Con for the East Initiative. Yes. And uh, we have a brand new East Initiative update with Spencer Watson and the crew so let's drop out to that and we'll be right back
2: after this hello everyone i'm spencer watson with the east initiative and this is the east update this week we have a very special message marking a very special anniversary from our very own matt dozier the president and ceo of the east initiative without any further ado here's matt
3: There are days that define us, days that become not just a part of our story and history, but part of who we are. Some of those are easy to see or anticipate, the births and the deaths, the weddings, the graduations. Others sneak in on little cat feet like Carl Sandburg's fog, and we don't understand that they marked a turning point until after the fact, sometimes far after. Saturday, April 7, 2018 marks the 20th anniversary of one of those unanticipated dates for me. April 7, 1998 was a Tuesday. That morning, I went to school just like I had for the past eight years, or the past 24, depending upon how you look at it. Only I didn't go to my classroom. Instead, I piled into an SUV with four or five colleagues and we drove an hour to Greenbrier High School to see some new program, something to do with computers that had gotten one of my school board members all excited. Something called East. There, we met a teacher. He called himself the facilitator, named Tim, or Jim, or something like that, and one of his college professors named Terry. We sat in the counselor's office while Tim, or was it Jim, and Terry talked about how students could spend more time learning if we spent less time teaching. Sounded great. We'd all heard some version of this before. Then he did something different. He stayed behind and sent us across the hall to his classroom to spend time with his students, to ask them questions, to look at not only what they were doing, but how they were doing it. Oh, and he asked us to not get so distracted by the technology that we miss the students altogether. Wow. Less than 10 minutes later, my brain was on overload. There was so much going on. So many projects, so many students eager to talk to us and share their work. We left with what has since become a very familiar sensation. On fire to be a part of this East thing. The next three years were the most rewarding of my teaching career. East at North Pulaski High was described to me by one of my assistant superintendents as the most powerful learning environment he had ever been in, where you could feel the electricity in the air. Those kids, now adults, were the best team any educator could ask for. Meanwhile, that Tim guy, definitely not Jim, and Mr. Stevenson to most people, asked me and a small team to help figure out how he could teach other teachers create an East environment in their schools. One minute he's a stranger, the next I'm talking to him every day. It came to a head on another April day that is unfortunately lost to the ages when Mr. Stevenson called my principal and my wife and he thanked them for giving me support to quit my job and come work for the East Initiative full-time. I really only wish that he had called me first and told me I was quitting. I started full-time at East the day after my birthday in June of 2001. I left 120 students to begin to help thousands every year. I started in communications and professional development and really whatever else Tim needed done. By 2008, I was the president and CEO. I've traveled enough miles to get from here to the moon but unfortunately not quite back yet for East. I've met three U.S. presidents. I've been to a grave site so protected you have to get permission and then be chanted onto the land. I've met and worked with some of the most dedicated people you can imagine. Thousands of them have been our facilitators who are the best educators in the world. Today, I help tens of thousands of students each year. I've wept tears of joy when those students have garnered recognition and acclaim, and scholarships, and jobs, and weddings. I've cried for other reasons, too. Particularly when I gave the eulogy for a very special alumnus, who should have taken over the world, or at the very least taken over East one day. My family has been along for the ride, and they haven't always understood the craziness, but they've always been happy to pitch in. Both of my daughters were East students, and I expect my granddaughter will be as well. It's cliché to say, but 20 years is so long and so brief all at the same time. When I walked into that classroom in 1998, not many people believed in East. Today, most people in business, industry, and education know we're doing important work. Last month, East was named non of the Year in our home state. In 1998, it was just a single classroom full of highly engaged students and one amazingly inspirational facilitator. There are so many people to thank for the past 20 years. Tim Stevenson changed everything about the course of my life on April 7, 1998. Today my hope, my prayer, is that there are thousands of people who now realize, or soon will, that East is life-altering for the good. It is education accelerated by servicing technology. And it's also hundreds of thousands of people who won't give up when the problems seem larger than they are. Instead, they'll solve them, building the world we all want to live in. Let's finish like we started. I'm so grateful for the opportunities in the last two decades but our work isn't done. Let me challenge you. Go find a local East classroom and sit down with one of our students. Ask them what they're doing. Do me a favor, don't get so distracted by the technology that you miss seeing that student. If you can do that, then let's talk about how working together we can make sure that on August 7, 2038, East is something that all students everywhere can be a part of. Maybe we've only just met, and no one knows what your future holds, but from one old English teacher to you, I say, hop in the SUV. The ride is life-changing. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Matt. If you're interested in seeing a video slideshow collecting hundreds of photos from the past 20 years, sharing the memories Matt's been talking about, look for that to be posted on the East Initiative social media feeds later this week. If you're interested in knowing more about the East Initiative, from information on student projects to the professional development services we offer to educators of all kinds, please visit www.eastinitiative.org or just search for East Initiative on social media. If you are interested in finding out how to get an East classroom for a school near you, please contact eastinfo at eaststaff.org That's E-A-S-T-I-N-F-O at E-A-S-T-S-T-A-F-F dot O-R-G. Special thanks to Matt Dozier. The music you've been hearing is called Beautiful Skies, a fitting reprisal of a tune we've used before by Mary Kraft of East at Crossett High School. Again, I'm Spencer Watson, and that's the East Update. Hey, a big thank you
0: to Spencer and the gang at the East Initiative. It's always great to hear the great things going on there, and they share some wonderful stuff with us, and they provide a great service to our kids. Hey, if you want to catch us on the web, www.edutechguys.com, or catch us on Twitter, twitter.com slash edutechguys. Hey, for David Henderson, I'm Jeff Madlock. Thanks for listening.
1: You've been listening to EduTechGuys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions
0: expressed on the site of this program are to those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsored company, state, or government agency.
1: There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it.